Jones, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. Man, the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets to the AC. Deep three, pull up. He Larry Blair reverse way up, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the ages. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Barrel. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Shiloh Robinson with an effort play. And Liberty keeps on coming. A huge basket by Kyle Rowe. Got it! Pacheco with the three. Liberty, put your dancing shoes on. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the AC of Red podcast. Nick Kirby, Chad Hassan, John Manson uh, joining you tonight talking about some some Liberty hoops. The doctor, Will Matthews, he's serving the Lord in the Bahamas, as they say. I- I'm sure just grinding right now as we speak, but we're happy to have Chad joining us. And Chad, I know Will's not here. Will is a a big connoisseur of the Ironclad coffee, but I believe that you can fill that void. Tell us about Ironclad coffee. What what roast have you been have you been burning lately? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, my dad got me an espresso maker for Christmas. So I asked Ryan O'Rourke, the owner of Ironclad, what is like the best espresso bean and uh to make americano and he sent me the bare knuckle espresso so i have bare knuckle espresso a monthly repeat um i it's just so good like it just is full full of flavor um and uh i love it because i know it's flames friendly coffee and we're supporting a good guy who supports a lot of he, he you know he advertises with us he advertises with liberty he's contributing he's a monthly member for the collective he supports all the tailgates, so I love drinking every morning. I think about the O'Rourke family and all they do to help and support, so I feel like I'm giving a little bit back. Most delicious coffee I've ever had will never go back. Unfortunately, this is just water tonight because if I have a bare-knuckle espresso at 8.30, I will be awake uh, until about midnight or later. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, now, Chad, I got a question for you. So in Americano – uh, for those who didn't work at Starbucks, I wish I could say that I was not among those people, but I was at, at once upon a time. And Americano is just water and the beans. Now, do you put anything in it, or you just are you a straight Americano guy? Yeah, it's it's like motor oil. It just comes out just like dripping real slow, like the espresso shot's about that thick, and then you just put hot water on top. And uh, it's just like mixing motor oil and water, and uh, yeah, it's delicious. I've never, never been a flavor guy. It hurts my stomach a little bit too much, so let's go straight, straight, uh, straight coffee. Well, with that hat, I feel like you do have to drink the straight, the straight black stuff. But uh, 
Love it. Love it. All right. Well, yeah, of course, ironcladcoffee.com. Uh, they do orders. So check out their website. You can place an order wherever you're at in the country. Flames Friendly Coffee. Get some shipped to you. Chad does it. Will does it. I got some beans on the way. Let's roll. Shout out to Ironclad Coffee. All right. Well, fellas, we have a bunch of basketball games to talk about. I guess, John, I should ask you, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your, your channel. <laughs> um, we had three games. The first one I don't really want to talk about too much. Uh, Jacksonville State just uh, has Liberty's number at this point. 73-62 was the final there. Uh, one positive, I mean, was Road. Kyle Road scored 17 points in this game. was 4 of 11 from 3. Um, and it's just, just an, an ugly second half. Liberty got outscored 40-31 in the second half. Uh, the defense um, gave up just a lot of points to Jacksonville State. John, is this just like, do we just wash our hands? This is a bad matchup. Uh, do we, we see them in the Conference USA tournament? And you're like, uh, uh, uh-oh, no chance they could beat us three times. Like, where, where are you at on this? I don't know. I've been thinking about that this week and, and you know, I've had some people say, this is the team we do not want to see in the in the CUSA tournament. But, you know, I think back to, was it our last year in the Big South where we uh, lost to, I think it was Campbell twice in the regular season. And then we just so happened to draw that team, uh, the Campbell, fighting Camels in the first round of the, the uh, Big South tournament, beat them, then went on to beat uh, UNC Asheville on UNCA's home floor in the semifinals. So uh, is it a bad matchup? Was it just two weird nights? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I hope we don't have to find out. You know, I think there's other teams we match up with better than Jack State does. They also seem to apparently have our number. But, um, you know, th this game, playing them on the road, again, we, we've talked about it a lot, but it's tough to win on the road. It's tough to win on the road in conference play. And it, the most difficult league to win on the road so far this season is Conference USA by a wide margin with roughly 80% of all uh, games being won by the team playing at home in conference games. So, uh, you kind of throw this one out. I, I think the one back, you know, when we played Jack State at home, um, that was, uh, you know, one we might, we might, you know, regret a little bit. But uh, yeah, let let's not play Jack State in in in, uh, in Alabama here in the tournament. And uh, that's another thing too. They'll also be close to home, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. Chad, you know, this game, you have any any thoughts on this just Jack State matchup? Yeah, I would just say that they, uh, like John said, they have our number. I mean, it's the first quad four loss. John, can you remember any quad four losses we've had recently? Um, we, we've had a couple here and there because, and again, in the A-Sun, I mean, almost every game you play in conference is like a quad four. So almost any loss, especially at home, is a quad four loss. So, uh, it, you know, that's what it was with um, uh, with Jack State. But uh, they're few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I mean, they, they just, I mean, Kyle Rhodes started his shooting slump uh, and went four for whatever it was up there on the screen, four for 12. And uh, so, you know, tough night. That was probably the most most sickening uh, regular season loss I, I've experienced in a long time. But, you know, regular season and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be ready. I, I kind of hope we do play them in the tournament. It's hard to beat a team, a good team, three times in a row. And uh, But, yeah, it's not a, not a great matchup. 
apparently. Yeah. Uh, moving moving right along. Uh, next game was New Mexico State. Liberty, another overtime loss, uh, 79-73. Zach Cleveland, I, I had, if you're watching, I had to put him into like two lines. First time I've ever done this on the history of this podcast, just because the stat line is just unbelievable. You know, 23 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, three steals, two blocks. And most impressively in this game, and he was, he was carried into the next game as well, 11 for 13 from the free throw line, which was just so great to see it because he's going to be the guy getting the most free throws. Obviously, two stories of this game. Number one, Liberty led by seven midway through the second half, couldn't close the, close the deal. Uh, Storyline number two, probably the bigger one nationally. Uh, Shiloh Robinson got a cheap shot, suffered a broken jaw. I mean, this is one of these games where you lose an overtime on the road to a team that had been dominant at home, and you had a player get knocked out of the game, literally knocked out of the game. I, I, it's just it's hard to make much of this game. Is that kind of where you're at, John? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a weird game. It just you know had a weird vibe after you know Shiloh got hit there midway through the first half. It it just felt like the game was on edge. Like you know the rest were calling things tight, and especially in the, there in the second half, I was like, man, these you know because then you had that one little you know bout where uh Aaron Schreiner and, and uh, one of the Jack or the New Mexico State players got got teed up as you went into the locker room so you knew with you know what three uh technical or flagrant fouls in the first half one in which a guy got ejected and another one in which you know he threw a punch uh they were going to call things tight so that's what they did in the second half and, and a lot of ticky-tack fouls trying to you know keep things tight and it, it just was one of those games that uh, it, it just never felt right for, for from Liberty's side, even though we would have a six to eight point lead a lot of the game. And then, you know, we kind of went on one of those patented uh, cold spells. Like we, we have almost every game where you go four or five, six minutes without making a field goal or without scoring a point. And and that came back to, to bite us here like it has several other times throughout the year. So, um, you know, I, I think I think Zach, you know, we could talk a lot about different things, but I think. You know, Zach is really we've seen him over the last couple of weeks kind of take that next step to to be, you know, he, he's our best player on the team. Like, you know, Ken Palm has him rated as our best player, surpassing Kyle Road recently. And and he, he's really our go to guy. Like we give the ball to him in crucial moments when we need a buck bucket the most whether it's late game situations or or just when we're struggling looking for a bucket so we run the offense through him and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch his, his kind of growth and, and development and uh, looking to see what, what he continues to do and you know the free throw shooting you mentioned it Nick but that that was huge I mean that was one of you know probably his biggest weakness that he's had most of the season but to go 11 of 13 in this game and then uh, he had another strong night Saturday at UTEP so uh, if he can be a consistent you know 70 plus percent free throw shooter that just takes his game to a whole nother level. Chad, what's your, your thoughts on this one? Was it a broken nose or a broken jaw? It was a broken nose. I think it was a broken nose and he just got slammed in the, but obviously, uh, you know, not a, I was looking at that. How did Brody have 13 points? Oh, for five, three point shooting. Brody is a, uh, Brody's playing pretty good. Like, uh, it's, it's, you know, Silver lining over the last three or four games, Brody has really been able to be a real offensive threat and uh, really can make things happen out there. So, um, but yeah, another just tough loss. Uh, good team. Let me say, we'll, we'll talk about Conference USA in a little bit, but um, 
yeah, nothing nothing about that game really sticks out other than Kyle continued to to you know we missed three pointers, we missed three pointers, and we you know we take a lot of those. We don't take very many mid range. We take a lot of threes. When you're missing a lot of threes, it's it's tough. But uh, Zach had a great game, and uh, Brody was a little bit more assertive offensively without the three point shot falling. That's the two things I I noticed. Nick, I know you want to jump into UTEP, and you can go ahead and switch the slide to that. But I wanted to, to touch on the Brody comment, and and he played really good there. He also played really good against UTEP. I think he reached double figures there as well too, and and was more aggressive and attacking the basket. And you know they may you know the 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 story's out on him, right? Run him off the three point line, and and he probably can't do much is is what they're thinking. And and he's been a lot more aggressive in, in attacking the paint and getting to the basket and making some you know nice uh, finishes at the rim. So. Uh, I, I've liked what I've seen out of him. I, I'm hoping I, we've seen his uh, minutes increase some, and I think with Shiloh out right now, you might continue to see some of his minutes for Brody continue to to increase. But uh, he he was a crucial part part in that game. He and he, and we might rem, might forget, but late in that New Mexico State game, we were down by two in the last minute, last 20 seconds, I think it was, and, and it was Brody who hit the game tying shot that eventually sent the uh game into overtime so and he had that shot right against western kentucky that he didn't make from the corner that would have won that game so uh, brody's a key piece uh, i think a lot of times you know it's easy for us to forget him yeah, yeah Bro brody last uh last three games he scored 14 13 and 10 he's only hit one three-pointer in all of the games wow. and, and so yeah it's really cool to see him contributing his three-point percentage is is below thirty right now, and uh, I don't believe for one second that's gonna that's gonna stick. I think he's probably the best three-point shooter on the team. I mean, this guy that was well over forty percent back-to-back years. So for him to be scoring without hitting the threes, when the threes start falling, I think he's really gonna be a big weapon, and it's cool to see him really kind of sliding into this role. But real quick before we get to Zach Cleveland, who's ready to go, this UTEP game, man, this was just one of these felt like got it off your shoulders. I honestly don't feel like Liberty necessarily played as well as some of the losses. I thought they played a lot better against Louisiana Tech. I thought they played better against New Mexico State for most of the game. UTEP messed a lot of free throws in this game, but this is life in the in, in Conference USA. Like Some days the ball is going to bounce your way. Some days it's not. This one, it did bounce, bounce Liberty's way, but it was just such a, a nice win to kind of reset and hopefully come back home uh, for a lot of home games we'll talk about in a bit with some momentum. No, I, I agree with you, Nick. And and I kind of had that feeling going into that game Saturday night. Not not that we were going to win. I knew we had a shot. I think we have a good shot to win every game in Conference USA play, regardless of who we're playing and regardless of where the game is played. But uh, And you you tweeted out some of it, Nick, about the, the shot quality stats and, and where we could be uh, in, in our record. But uh, we, we just had kind of – unfortunate bounces at unfortunate times through the first half of conference play. And, and uh, you got to think at some point in time over the course of a 16 game conference season that uh, that's going to level out some. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we, we saw the beginning of that Saturday at, uh, at UTEP. Chad. I was just going to say uh, Kyle road only scored one point in the team. Still, still got a road win first road win in conference USA history. Like you pointed out there, um, one other thing I'm going to note about those two road games, uh, the the arenas and the opposing fans, everything just felt more big league. Um, I'm used to like, hey, we're going a road trip down to Alabama or Florida, and we're playing in high school gyms. This felt awesome. It felt good cutting on the TV, seeing seeing that. Oh, I'll ask Zach about that here in a minute. 
All right, let's have a quick 30-second word from Experience Leesburg. We'll be right back with Conference USA Player of the Week, Zach Cleveland. It's real Florida, it's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg, the way Florida is meant to be. All right, we are joined now by Liberty sophomore forward Zach Cleveland, just named Conference USA Player of the Week earlier today. First off, Zach, we, we've all saw how, how well you played all year. How cool was it to finally get that that real recognition? I mean, it, it's cool. Uh, I, you can't lie about that. Obviously, you don't play for that and you don't compete for that, but like, it's, it's, it's nice and a, and a fun thing to, to uh, mark down on the, on the checklist. Nice coming off a win, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> John? Zach, so take us back to that New Mexico State game, and, and it was a you know tight game, like uh, seems like all these games are in conference play, and and obviously Shiloh uh, goes down to injury that their player gets you know kicked out of the game and and uh, all that. What what was what was the team like? You know, especially like in the locker room at halftime, and you know what were you guys thinking about? Was it hard to focus on the game? I mean, yeah, you had a game you wanted to go out and win, but you also had a teammate, a brother over here that you know just got injured and and uh, is in some pain i'm sure at that point in time oh it was tough it was kind of like it was a weird feeling you know we were kind of sick, sick to our stomachs uh knowing what like i got if you guys know shiloh you know he's he's the most kind caring guy like wholesome guy and like just a guy, a guy like that to happen to him uh it was like it was it was hard to stay focused but like i'm proud of our guys in the way that we stayed focused and it would have been easy to kind of get off track and like kind of that revenge factor and like uh do something dumb there and so i'm really proud of our guys like being able to uh, to focus and uh and play a game you know yeah uh zach what was what's it like uh coming from the a sun last year to going to conference usa is uh uh just got off another road trip in conference usa going to these different arenas um it looks big big time on tv does it feel big time when you're traveling and, and you're not playing in stetson or you know, North Florida or any of those gyms. Now you're in like these big arenas. It feels like. Um, do you guys notice that uh, as well? Definitely. Uh, I think, like you said, like those gyms, like Jacksonville, those kind of like high school gyms. And then you go. We're over here playing in the the Glory Road, UTEP, a national championship uh, arena that seat ten thousand, twelve thousand, and so it's pretty crazy. Uh, and it, it just like it adds to the environment and in uh, the atmosphere, and it's it's just fun to play in. So, Zach, we saw a little bit of it last year with you taking the ball up, up the floor, but that's really become like a massive part of, of Liberty's offense. I'm kind of curious, how did that kind of come about? Was this something like you were telling Coach, hey, I can do this? Was this something they were they were uh, uh, talking to you about? Was this Were you watching Mayo Baxter Bell film? How did this all work? Uh, I guess it kind of all started when, uh, like, you see there's a lot of good defenders and a lot of guards that are quick, and so – when if Colin and Caden have to handle the ball at the time, like it's it's a it's a hassle and it, it, it's taxing to take the ball up against full court pressure all game. And so when when there's like a center on me and like uh, they don't they don't pressure as much, so it's easier to take the ball up the court. And so it, it kind of started off as a pressure release and uh, kind of gone from there, you know. 
You know, it's funny, Zach. I, I think I talked to your high school coach uh, shortly after you committed to Liberty, and and that I always remember that conversation. The only thing he wanted to talk about was he's such a good passer. He's such a good passer. He's a great passer. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this is a six seven forward coming from Illinois. I mean, I'm sure he's a decent passer, but I, I'm not sure we're going to see that so much on the court. But no, it's it's really. I mean, it seems like a lot of nights you're flirting with a triple double and, and things like that. But uh, you, you, where where does that come from? You know, being. I mean. You're, you're a six seven guy a lot of times you know when, when you're that size in high school you just want to stay in the paint and dominate uh, some of their smaller guys but but uh you're, you're more like a, a point guard type skill set is that just growing up playing basketball or where's that come from oh yeah I, I give credit to my mom on that one she uh she put me as, at point guard you know growing up because she, she was my coach and so I get I'll, I'll give her credit for that one and then like you said in high school playing the post time I think it really rounded out uh, my game and so I it obviously helps. I won't take all the credit when you have shooters like we do with Kate and Kyle, Colin, G, all them. Like it, it helps a lot. But uh, but yeah, I say I say it started back back when I was younger. All right. So uh, we've obviously watched all of your games over your career at Liberty so far. And when you come across half court, I don't know if it's a look in your eye, the way you dribble the ball, but I can always tell when it's like, all right, he's going for it. He's just cocking it back and he's going for it. Doesn't matter who's in the paint, where it's at. A lot of times it ends up like being a good play. Sometimes it's just like, what, man, you just take on the whole world. Uh, do you know when you cross half court, do you know in that moment you're like, yep, this is it. This is the time, uh, like full turbo mode and just go for it? Or is it kind of like just you, you make that decision as you're making the play or is it like you feel it coming as you're crossing half court? Yeah, I'd say it, it usually probably comes after I, I pass one that I should have, you know, because sometimes you can be a little too unselfish. If I, if I turn the ball over, pass up a good one for – for a, a not so good one, then it's like I'm like oh, I, I should have shot that. So I, that kind of that kind of gives me one of those like coaches like yeah, you, you, you can go for it, you know. Yeah. So so Zach, uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier. There was a, a a stat from our friends at Shot Qualities, basically saying, you know, you guys have have been unlucky. That's the the easy way. I'll just say that. And and I think Coach McKay's kind of alluded to. He said. Look, I like the shots we're getting. We're going to continue to shoot them. And I know you're not you're not the big three point shooter on the team, but how how hard is it at, at times when shots aren't falling as a team to continue to uh, do what coach preaches? Hey, just keep taking those shots. We will make that. It will level out. It will even out. How hard is that when you're going through some of the struggles? Yeah, I think it would be hard if you didn't have a coach like like ours that that believes in this. And it, like, I think a lot of coaches would would doubt. And like, when shots aren't going, and they try to change something up, but he sees us and sees the guys in the gym every day, and like sees the work we put in, what we practice, and what we're kind of built on. And so he doesn't. So having a coach that believes in you fully, uh, I'd say like, again, I can't speak from the three point wise, but like, like being in those games, like in shooting below twenty percent, twenty percent from the three point line, and sending it to overtime, it's like. Oh, there's nothing you can do but be confident in your team, and, and uh, the, the doubts are very little there. So, so, Zach, we were talking a little bit, I think, before you got on about you know the top three point shooter on on the team. If if we were having a, a you know a horse game of horse or something like that, uh, who who are you picking? If you had to pick one guy on the team to win that game of horse or a three point shootout or, or whatever it would be, who who's the one guy? I know you want to pick them all because they're all good shooters, yeah, yeah. but but who's the one guy you want you want to take? Uh, I'd probably go, I'd probably go Brody. I'd have to go Brody. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's what we were, uh, we were thinking. I, I think, and even back in the, the Mc, McKay madness or whatever, back before the season started, I think it was Brody who kind of won the, the team's, uh, three point shootout. 
uh, and was was a guy. But uh, yeah, Brody's definitely a good shooter, and it's interesting. He, he's had so much success recently scoring without uh, making uh, making the three point ball. Yeah, definitely. So. You've been a part of a lot of teams, probably playing high school, middle school, AAU, and now now at Liberty. Uh, from an outsider looking in, it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun, and you really care a lot about each other. And there's a there's a real uh, bond there that's not just in word, but you can kind of see it uh, in the way you guys play. Everybody's unselfish, so on and so forth. Uh, what is that like from 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 your perspective? How how much more fun does that make your experience playing basketball? How much more, uh, you know, when you win and when you lose, kind of uh, having everybody to bounce that off of? Is it is it as genuine as it as it appears? Yeah, uh, we, Coach McKay has a saying like you're, you're either good, a good teammate and fully invested or you're not. And I think we have we have guys that are just all in, and it's like it, it really starts off the court. Because I think it's easy to like, – you can tell when a team has a lot of talented guys and they go out and just play, you know. Uh, but I think, it, like you guys said, like from the outside view, you can kind of tell that we have like a genuine care for each other off the court. And it's like when guys care just as much as they do about someone off the court and like it's not like a, a transaction-based relationship of like what you do on the court, it's like it's so easy to play in freedom and like have joy when you play. All right, so Zach, last question for me, and then I'll give these guys each one last one. So uh, game against Jacksonville State, you go 0 for 6 from the free throw line. Next two games, you respond 11 for 13 and then 6 for 9 against UTEP. How, how big was that just for you? Maybe for I, – I'm, I'm you seem like a confident guy, but, you know, just to, to have those two really good games, is that something you feel like you can really, you know, build on the rest of the season on? Yeah, for sure. It, it obviously felt good. Uh, and it's like it's not something that I went 0 for 6 and just sat in the gym for, for two days straight and shot free throws. I've been – obviously working on them since the beginning of the season. And so, you don't you don't always uh, reap what you sow right away. And so I think it was like, it's obviously easy to get a like doubt. And after that, after that game, you know, not seeing one going, I don't think I've ever done that in my life, you know, but, uh, but just like having those two games really, it's a nice pat on the back uh, for, for the hard work and like, and just to continue that. Zach coming off that, uh, that win Saturday night. Now you guys got two straight at home starting Thursday night against middle Tennessee, a, a team that's, you know, kind of struggled a little bit trying to find their way, but they were preseason picked to, to win a conference alongside Liberty. Um, you know, how important are these next two games and, and how much fun is it to, uh, to play at home and, and to be back at uh, Liberty arena? Uh, yeah, we're really excited. I mean, it was a long road trip, uh, some long flights and, uh, being back in front of the fans, like, as you can tell, as the, the conference record at home, I mean, it makes a big difference. And like ha having uh, the Liberty fans there, it's, it's just a big difference. So we're, we're going to have these next couple games at home. So you don't get much time off, but you're in the throes of, of a, a conference season. You know, we're starting February. We're kind of we're creeping towards March, and the season's coming to a close. We're right in the middle of it. My question mm -hmm. is, during your free time right now, what is it that you're doing to relax, to have fun? Are you still hanging out with your teammates? Are you are you trying to uh, you know just do some schoolwork? What is your what is your main thing you're doing right now? A couple hours a day that you have uh, to yourself right in the middle of these uh, grinding seasons. Uh, I won't lie, my, my relaxing thing is video games, and that's that's usually with some of the teammates. And I, we tell coach that that we're, we're team bonding when we're on video games. So, <laughs> what's the game? What's the game you like? Uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, Zach, congrats again on, on Conference USA Player of the Week. Very well-deserved. Probably uh, overdue at this point. But uh, uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, Thursday night and uh, these final eight regular season games for you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
All right, we're going to have a quick word from Jason Porter Real Estate, and then we'll be right back with our guy, Paul Nazigan. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously very, very different animal than is residential, but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so Great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very very full rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you, and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. All right, we're joined now by our guy, Paul Nazigan. Paul, it is uh, so great to have you on. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on again. Doing good. Doing good, doing good. Well, well, Naz, I thought we'd just kind of have you be a part of kind of going through uh, some of the stuff. We got some slides, if you're cool with that. Um, just kind of talk through some Liberty Hoops and uh, have a good time. So, Let's start out kind of looking at 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 CUSA, uh, the 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 standings right now. Uh, Louisiana Tech at six and one uh, up front. Sam Houston State six and two, and then it's really kind of jumbled. New Mexico State's five and three. Westerns four and four. Then Liberty, UTEP, and Jacksonville State and FIU are all three and five. Naz, what do you kind of make of this this league so far? Uh, that it's still you know up for grabs for the most part. Um, I mean, obviously. You know, we, we've seen Louisiana Tech and and, and certainly they're, um, you know, making their mark and, and they're they're legit. I think they're the team to beat. But, um, you know, they're not unbeatable. And, and you know, you sit there, you know, I, I look down your list there and it's like, I don't know if it's like you guys. I just have flashbacks of all those games. You know what I mean? Like you sit there and you go, L.A. Tech went to overtime and then uh, Sam Houston. Well, we beat them. Western Kentucky had a shot at the buzzer to win. <laughs> like, and you just start going down the list and you're like, you know, we're sitting there at three and five, but um, 
you know, I guess I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm frustratingly optimistic, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's the ones that got away, but you're sitting there going, we're still like right there. And, you know, you're talking about a possession or two and, and um, you know, you, you look at some of those games that we won, but you still know, like, you know, going down to FIU is going to be tough. And, um, you know, we were just out there out West and saw those two teams. So, you know, we pretty much, you know, with the exception of, of middle who comes in Thursday night, um, you know, we got a glimpse of, of who everybody is. And while there's some really good teams and we know how they're tough to play every one of them, I still sit there and go, man, you're on the cusp of, you know, you could beat anybody. I still believe that. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts originally. You know, we're halfway through conference, uh, three and five, got eight games to go. So, man, a lot of a lot of movement could still happen in that in that lineup there. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to why you flash those up. You know what stands out to me about those standings and those those rankings is Middle Tennessee was preseason number one. That shows like the parity in this league, or how much we didn't know about the league before it started, or how good the teams in are the league, like. Like, man, Middle Tennessee being preseason number one now at the bottom of conference rankings and bottom of net in Conference USA goes to show you that uh, these are some good teams. And just like Paul said, like, we're right there with the top of the league. We're right there with the bottom of the league. There's not much that separates Louisiana Tech and, and Middle Tennessee other than a few points here and there and a few road wins. I mean, honestly, John's been putting out the stats that of how good uh, home teams have been in Conference USA. So it's really, to me, this is the most parity I've seen in the league from top to bottom uh, ever. I mean, really, you don't have any easy guaranteed wins like you did in Big South and A-Sun. Uh, this is every night. Like you said, we got to go to FIU. But also, uh, we play Louisiana Tech, the number one team in the league on – Saturday and we beat them already and I feel like we can beat them again so uh, there's really no hey this should go our way it's every night's a coin flip and uh, I kind of love that even though the coin flips haven't gone our way it's added a lot of interesting basketball and a lot of fun to watch and and keep up with so it, it just stuck, stood out to me when you flashed those two up middle Tennessee was preseason number one and and here we are and they could still win the tournament I, I, I fully believe that yeah, I think parity is a good word. I mean, you you look up and down the, the the scoreboard every single week, every single night in Conference USA games, and and every game comes down. It seems like to the last four minutes of the game, you know that that final media timeout, and and it, it game could be decided by by two points, five points in overtime. We've obviously had our share of those, but uh, you, you know that's that's just how this conference is. It's so many teams are jumbled up together, so close together in terms of talent and and skill and and coaches, or they're all coach well. And and a lot of times it seems like that uh, uh, home court advantage is really what can determine it. A lot of times, most nights, that's what it's been been the case so far. So, uh, and, and I agree with you, Naz. I think you know, seeing what Liberty did against Louisiana Tech, you know, having the shot to win at the end of the game in regulation didn't, didn't go down, but then goes into overtime, close loss on the road, like I said. And then, uh, again, you know, Sam Houston, the, the second-place team in the league, and Liberty kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say dominates, that's probably too strong a word, but controlled that game pretty much from start to finish, won it comfortably, you know, by double digits. And, and so we know that Liberty is right there, 
you know, can beat anybody on any given night, you know, can also lose both of those games as well, too. So I, I and, and that can you can say the same thing for a lot of these teams. I do think I kind of agree with you. What you said, too, is uh, Louisiana Tech's kind of taking a step ahead of everybody else. Doesn't mean, again, piggybacking off what, what you said, Naz, but doesn't mean they can't be beat. They obviously can. And uh, but I mean, for them to go down to FIU and pick up a win on the road by 40, that's impressive. That that really yeah, that got my attention. It. Yeah, that was a statement win, and and it feels like they're. We'll we'll see what happens Saturday. They they got two tough games this week. They play Western uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and then then they get they're at Liberty obviously on Saturday. So it'll be interesting if they can somehow get out of that. You know, this week two and zero, then they've certainly separated themselves from the, the rest. But but I expect there's there's a few more losses uh, on their resume before for the regular season's over with. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the home and aways and all that. Um, and you know, not to look too far ahead, but, you know, you got the conference tournament at a neutral site and that's going to be real interesting. So, you know, I, I think, you know, it's eight games and there's going to be some movement. I, there may be a whole bunch of teams kind of jumbled up in the middle there when you get to tournament time. So um, that may not be the biggest deal. Obviously you got to stay out of that play in game because I think it's just too hard to make a run, uh, you know, over four games instead of three. But, um, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to not so much record, but, you know, get what seed you get and, and the matchup of, of who you get and then maybe trying to stay out of that, uh, out of the bracket with, with Louisiana Tech. But, um, and you put us, again, you put Liberty on a neutral site, <laughs> uh, playing their best basketball. And, you know, again, my money's on on, on Liberty, so. Ness, is it is it kind of it's kind of interesting that you know there's been all this talk about how you know Conference USA is is such a big leap and you know maybe Liberty's you know not, not the size and athleticism you know hasn't been up to par, but when you look at the games, the only team that's really like flat out beat Liberty is the team that came with them from the A Sun. So, uh, do you think there's a, 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 a you think maybe some of that athleticism and size is is overstated, or do you think it, it it it's fair? Where where are you kind of at on that? You know, there there's a lot of factors to it. Obviously, um, certainly, you know, it's a big jump in in difficulty as far as the conference goes. Um, and you know, you're adding, you know, there's great players and and coaches, and uh, the portal is alive and well, and NIL is, <laughs> you know, throw that in the mix. But like, I what I do is like like like. And it's going to, I don't know if it's obvious, but it's like, I watch Virginia all the time and for obvious reasons, you know, it's like, you know, obviously in state, but you know, you're at the ACC conference. It's the, you know, the best conference in the country and obviously Richie's ties to, to UVA. It's like UVA plays Duke and Carolina and Clemson. And it's like, they have a style of play and a style of defense as well as offense that is very similar to what we do, obviously. <laughs> but my point is they're successful year after year, and they don't go, guys, how are we going to compete against Carolina and Duke? Uh, we don't have the athleticism. Like, look out there. you got to, you know, it, it's a very specific skill set, and, and obviously there's a, you know, there's guys for different roles, and yes, you know, Tony Bennett, you're trying to get the best players you can get, but there's a similar thing. Like he has to find guys that fit his system. Um, and that's what, that's what 
Richie does. That's what Richie has to do. And, and again, I'm still, I, I, we've all been here. We've all followed the success that it wasn't just because we were playing in the big South or a Sun. like there's a recipe for success of that tough defense and um, having, you know, shooters on the perimeter and like, does that system have some um, weaknesses? Yeah, everyone does. There is no perfect system. And so coaches, you know, they come up, they learn what they want to do. They get their head job and everybody's got a little different philosophy um, and tweaks on what they want. But, um, you know, so what I think is, yes, there's some adjustment going on. Uh, players individually, you know, adjusting to that level of competition and us as a team. But, um, you know, coach knows what he's doing. And 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 I, I believe uh, we'll, we'll start um, – I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't foresee us having to change what we do and how we do it. Will there be some different personnel? Um, you know, yeah. And, and, and uh, some guys that, you know, will, will continue like, like you always do. You try to go get better players every year. Um, but that's what I do a lot. I, I, I see Virginia's success. They're right there knocking on the door at the top of the ACC. And I see so many similarities. So, um, yeah, Nick, again, that's a, probably a long answer to, yeah, there's some adjustments, but, um, you know, again, I, I believe in what he's doing and, 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 and the way the track that Liberty's on. Yeah. That Virginia comps, you know, really good. And as you brought that up because they've, they just demolished Miami tonight and, and they've had some really impressive ones. I think they've won seven in a row right now, but earlier in the year, they got, Yes. Absolutely. Like they lost by 22 to a pretty bad Notre Dame team. They got yeah. destroyed by NC State and Memphis and Wisconsin. They looked really bad. But it, it, it I think it, that what you're talking about, like their their system, sometimes, especially when you got new players, it, it their system can maybe take a little bit longer to learn and and uh, and develop. So, no, I, I, I like that that um, that that Virginia uh, comp. Let's um. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Naz. So Conference USA, so you got Net, BPI, and Ken Palm. And if you average the three, those are the big ranking systems. If you average the three, ASUN is 26th best conference in the country right now. If you take that, Conference USA floats between 11 and 13, 14. Mm -hmm. So it's like a significant jump, not in just talent, but coaching and and everything. So maybe there is a, a year or two of lag here of just like, not lag, but taking time to, to get our system developed to the right way. Cause, cause you know, McKay is making tweaks to, yes, it's going to be tough defense. Yes. It's going to be perimeter shooting, but I'm sure there are tweaks that he has to make to compete in this, in this type of level. Um, I did have a question for you, Ness. So I have a pinned tweet on my, my profile here from two years ago um, of you on the podcast. that basically says it's not just the success, but to all of us alumni, former players like yourself, former coaches, Everybody, it's not just the success, it's the manner in which they're doing it and how they represent the school, how they represent us, how they represent everything it is that, that Liberty stands for and the mission and, and all of that. Uh, that's really easy to say when we're just winning like three out of four. I, my question is, does that still stand right now when we're middle of the pack? Are you still are you still uh, on to, uh, hey, let's just let's let's ha- try to have success but the manner in which they do it is just as important if not more important to you as a fan right now oh absolutely absolutely and um yeah i i, I remember I, I remember that and um again i i think you know and that's and i've, I've said this before too like 
you know, I, I was, you know, an assistant there at LU for, for a number of years. And like, I remember like it adds another layer of difficulty into an unbelievably difficult job. And that's recruiting. Like it, it, it it's all encompassing. It's all the time. Um, it, it's year round, no matter what dead periods they say there is, uh, you're constantly finding kids, building relationships, talking to coaches, watching film, making calls, writing letters, texting guys. It never ends. And that's everywhere you go. Okay. So then that that's everybody go find the best players. Some of these programs guys, like all they want to do is find the best players. They couldn't care less who the guys are. They don't, they don't worry about their character. What can you do on the court? Can you score? I don't care how you live. I don't care what you believe in. Don't care if you're going to graduate. So it's like, we're out there competing with all those guys. You got to go get great players. Then, you know, add another layer of, you know, you got to, you're going to come into a system that not everybody wants to play in or can play in. Um, and again, I believe in the system. It's a proven winning system that, that coach McKay has, um, but it's not for everybody. So, so there's another layer of difficult. And then you have another one on top of that. And the only other example, you know, is like some of the, some of the uh, military academies, you know, it's like you got to have a person that wants to go to a military academy. Um, but you take the last layer of finding guys that are true to their faith, that want to be at liberty in, in, in a Christian environment, right? So how narrow is it getting? Like, it's tough. I, 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 my hat is off to, to Coach McKay and, and Coach Jones, Coach Johnson, and, and Coach Pierre. Like, it, it's unbelievably hard in the job that they're doing. Like, and, and it's not an excuse. Like, they got to keep pounding the pavement and, and finding those guys because you're right, Chad. Like, it's going to – the competition – is tough and the league is tougher and um you know we want to win like everybody else so uh and but but that's the job and they're they're happy to do it and they're great at doing it but it's hard and and we have layers that that not everybody has to deal with you know so um i can't say enough about th those guys and and you know knowing kind of what it takes <laughs> to, to to get guys and have them sign on the line and then now you throw in um you know nil that does everything like you know, you guys watch the the broadcast, you know, and they they bring up all the schools, right? And I just started noticing this, like like they bring up UTEP, and it's like founded 1893, and it's like like and then you're you're seeing all these schools that have been around for a hundred years, okay? Like, do you think there's some oil money down in UTEP? Like some of these guys that are just these old guys now that like. I'm, I'm that's a real commitment that and I know the university will, will you know Ian and the staff will, will get to it but like that NIL is really just it's 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 crazy and it's 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 the territory you gotta you gotta play but like battling some of these schools it's not just competition level um and Chad you mentioned like yeah like facilities we always have better facilities than everybody I mean we still have just fabulous gorgeous facilities but yeah you're going into some of these other arenas that you know, they're selling it to, to the guys they're recruiting um, and campuses and things. So it's like it that's tougher, too. Um, yeah. And, sure. and so NIL is a real deal. And and uh, man, it's just so many factors. But hey, when it all kicks off, it's the guys on the court that got to do the job. And, and we got some tough ones that are real gritty right now.
Yeah, for all you recruits watching this, we do have a lot of great things to offer at Liberty as well. <laughs> and, uh, there, it's, it is a great place to play basketball. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I, I knew that it still meant the same to you. It's yeah, just uh, sure. the point is, hey, whether we're winning or we're having a season like we are right now, where we're we're winning, we're right in the thick of things. You know, it's easy to make those compliments and, and things when when things are going well. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you pushing that message. Continue. Yeah, you're right. And and you you know you asked you asked uh, Zach you know just a few minutes ago. You know, it's like you hear firsthand what it means to those guys. Like, you know, there, I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, there's 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 teams that. They could win and they get on the bus and guys don't like each other. They go to other ends of the bus and they don't want to be around each other. And, and, and I don't like this guy. And I mean, you have guys that, that genuinely it, it's genuine. They love each other. They're for each other. If you get more minutes than me, I'm not worried about it. It's team first. They, they hang out uh, outside of the game together and that's real. And that's stuff that carries on after these guys are, are long gone. Um, you know, this weekend they're doing February 10. They're doing the 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 30 year reunion of the 94 team, which which I was a part of. And it's like, man, we got a huge group coming back of guys that are still together. And it's like the basketball stuff was fun, but it's like the stuff now with our families and and kids and like there's a bond there, and the bond is is first in Christ and as Christian brothers, and then as basketball players and and university Liberty University students. So. Um, that stuff lasts and, and it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, the guys are, it, it's a great thing to be a part of aside from the game, Chad. Well, if I ever win the lottery, I'm buying a Daniel Bacho for uh, coach. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you can just me a bet. All right. Let's talk about this game that, uh, Naz should be on the call on, on Thursday. I'm, I'm assuming you've probably done a little bit of light research so far, probably still have some to go. Uh, obviously we're familiar with, uh, middle Tennessee's coach, uh, uh, McDermott, I believe last time Richie got the best of him in the uh, Big South tournament. But this is a team that they lost um, a preseason all-conference player, Cameron Weston, to a season-ending ACL injury. That really, I think, kind of derailed them. If you kind of look through their game logs, they have just been mixing and matching lineups. It feels like McDermott, McDevitt's probably trying to find anything right now that will stick. Um, they did just roll off two pretty impressive wins, though, uh, over Jack State and uh, FIU, uh, their first two CUSA wins. Um, not a good offensive team to date. One of the worst three-point shooting teams of the country at 28%. Pretty decent defensive team, though, as, as McDevitt's teams have been in the in the past. But, but Naz, when I see a team that's 28% three-point shooting, I'm like, oh, boy, it, water finds its level, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, one thing you know, again, that you you lose a great player, and and yeah, I mean, Coach McDevitt's trying to you know piece it together, and and that that's tough, but um, yeah, he always has his teams play hard, and and I've watched, um, I've seen them a couple times as I was sort of preparing for their opponent because we were playing them first, but um, yeah, I've watched them a little bit, and it's just you know, it's one of these things that like when they looked good in those couple wins, I mean, you know. The, they've got pieces. Um, they've not been consistent with that. And, you know, it's just one of these things where, you know, I, I just hope like we're coming back home. Um, I, I expect, you know, the shooting hasn't been great from three, but, you know, we kind of saw the the first road trip. And then when, when Liberty got back home for the, for the FIU and, and Sam Houston uh, two game swing, I mean, we shot it really well. 
the you know back home the arena should be rocking. I just think we need to kind of jump on them and not give them life, not let them hang around and think, hey, we might be able to get a road win in here. Um, but again, like we 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 the the thing that maybe gives us encouragement that that you can kind of be in the pack and not feel out of it. Well, that's how they feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? You better realize like they're coming in going, hey, record doesn't matter. All we got to do is start playing well and toward the end of the season. So they're grabbing at anything they can grab to kind of find some motivation. And, uh, you know, they're going to come in and, 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 and battle and fight. So, um, again, I think you, you can't look to Saturday. <laughs> you got to really just focus on, on Thursday night and, and come out and uh, just really – just really just jump on them. Yeah, it's a good good point about not not looking ahead to, to Saturday because it would be very, very easy to do, you know, in this spot. Uh, Chad and John, I'll get your thoughts on on this matchup here in just a second, but just a couple notes on some of the, the players to watch. Elias King was also a preseason uh, CUSA player of the year. Now, they had like eight or nine, so it's not like a five team. So it's a little bit expanded, but... Um, he really struggled early in the year. Probably Weston going down probably hurt that. But he did score 23 points in their back-to-back wins. Shot nine for 17 from three in those games. And he's six foot eight, so he's a tough matchup as a guy that could shoot the three. Uh, and then they got this this guy Justin Porter, who six one sophomore guard, averaging almost 20 points a game in conference USA play. So he's really taken off. Uh, they got a big guy Jared Coleman Jones. Um, originally played at Northwestern. Really good rebounder, passer, can block shots, so he'll be tough down low. And then then the, this wild card, this guy Jalen Jordan was hardly playing at all, but in the last game scored 22 points, uh, 6 for 10 from 3, literally out of nowhere. Like he had been playing sparingly minutes and then just had this uh, this big game. But, uh, Chad, let's start with you. You know, this is one, like, there's I don't think there's anything like a must win because everyone gets in the Conference USA tournament and there's no seeding, but this is one you feel like you really need to win, right? Yeah, I'm going to yield my time to John on this one. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with John and uh, and uh, about what we can do and what we can't do in the remaining seven games and what Middle Tennessee State yields, and uh, John's got some good takes on this, so I yield my time. <laughs> well, I wanted to first start off, I've, I've been sitting on the, the Nick McDevitt uh, stuff. I mean, if, if we remember back, for I know all of us were, were Liberty fans back when uh, Liberty and, and UNCA were, were tangoing in the uh, Big South under McDevitt, the, the last part of of uh, what those five or six years he was he was leading them. McDevitt's ten and two against Liberty, so I mean he, he's got a good track record against Liberty. UNC Asheville was probably you could say in those five years, the last five years, Liberty was in that league you could arguably say they were the best, most consistent team over those five years when he was at the head coach. I think they had one NCAA tournament appearance and, and Liberty knocked them off. Like I said earlier in that uh, conference uh, semifinal game, uh, when Liberty ended up going on and, and lost to, to Radford with the Carly Jones shot. It slept a lot better if you didn't tell us that stat. <laughs> well, well, anyways, he's a good coach. And, you know, when, when I saw that they were preseason picked to, to win the league alongside Liberty, I, I was thinking, man, you know, this guy kind of, you know, was a thorn in our side there for a few years when, when McKay came back here. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to, to get back to, to Chad's point, what he was talking about was, 
if we get to, you know, nine and seven in league play, like we're going to be a top four seed in, in the Conference USA tournament, maybe top three. Uh, I, th- I think Louisiana Tech's probably a, a pretty safe bet to be the one. Sam Houston's going to be tough to catch them for the two. But if you can get to nine and seven, you, you're in a good spot. You know, you probably feel good about yourself because, you know, we're sitting at what, three and five now. So that means you'd go six and two down the stretch. If you go six and two in the last half of this, the schedule, uh, you got to feel really good because you're pretty much, you know, going to be taking care of business at home and, and uh, have to get, get another one or two wins on the road, which the schedule and, and Nick, I'm sure you got, you can flash it up there on the screen, but the schedule gets a lot better for us. Uh, well, there you go. Final projected standings has us at third at nine and seven. So, but again, it's not going to be easy to do that. Every, every night is, is difficult. So you got to take care of business at home and that starts Thursday night against middle Tennessee. And then, uh, you know, I'm really interested. I don't want to look ahead, but I know we're not going to have another podcast before then, but I'm really looking forward to that Saturday night game. Hopefully Liberty takes care of business. I'm not overlooking them, uh, but I'm really looking forward to see how Liberty goes up against Louisiana Tech on our home floor. Uh, because like, like we've talked about throughout the show is, is they're, they've kind of separated themselves of the class of the conference right now. And if Liberty can, you know, get these two wins this, this week, which is a, a big if, uh, you, you feel really good. You build that confidence as you go into the, the last half of the, the conference play and and uh, feel like when you go down into Huntsville in March that, you know, you can beat anybody in the conference and, and you have beaten anybody except for Jack State, but you have beaten anybody in the conference. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to these two games. And, and like, you know, like you were talking about, Nick, we, we have to win Thursday night. Again, you, you hate to say it's a must win, but just one of those games. You're playing a team that's in the bottom of the standings. You're at home. Uh, you need a win, uh, you know, with that losing record in conference play. You just need to take care of business and, and get it done. And then if you do that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to and intrigued by that that game Saturday night, which, which will be on ESPNU, by the way. Yeah, Naz, you, you made a comment earlier. Like at this point, <clears throat> yes, you want to finish as high as you can. But you throw the records out. It's all about momentum, and this is a this is one that like okay, if we take care of business Thursday night, it feels like we're on track. It feels like momentum's on our side. If we slip up, it's like all right, we still haven't found ourselves yet. We still aren't playing our best basketball. So, in terms of like record, yeah, getting to that third seed. But in the end, if you're three through six in the standings, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's matchups. We want to stay away from Louisiana Tech. We want to stay away from Jack State, in in my opinion, too. But in the end, if you're three through six in that bracket, really doesn't matter. So, so throw the records out. This one is a like a, a must win from a uh, momentum standpoint, in my opinion. Just to say, hey, look, we've over, we come over, overcome the hump. We just won on the road with Kyle scoring one point. Uh, you know, we're not shooting well from the three right now. That will we will have regression to the mean there uh, for momentum. If we can get back on track, especially um, knowing that we can take care of business at home. Um, I think Liberty Arena is going to be popping on Thursday night. I've just there's a lot of anticipation. There's only like what four more home games, John? How many more home games we got? Not many. Five more home games. So we only have we no postseason play in Liberty Arena. So we got five more opportunities to to watch this team play in the Liberty Arena. So I think it's going to be popping. Hope hopefully uh, we get that momentum. But yeah, I think you throw the records out to some extent. And from that standpoint, it's a must win. You talk yeah. about the uh, – sorry, Naz, we'll get let you jump in here in a second. I just wanted to say real quickly, you said talk about the momentum. You win Thursday night and uh, going into that game Saturday against Louisiana Tech, winning two straight, going up against a team like uh, Louisiana Tech, first place in the conference. Liberty Arena will really be rocking on, on Saturday night for that game on ESPNU. Go ahead, Naz. 
Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, you know, just to kind of keep that thought going, like it's fun for us to talk about and look ahead and, and make projections. But, you know, for the team, it's it's almost kind of freeing because, you, you you know, you don't there's so many people log jammed in there. You don't know where you're going to end up. You you can't you know, it's it's almost like the NFL when, when, when you know, in week nine, they're projecting you know, who could play who. And here's the here's the scenarios sure. to make the playoffs. It's like it, it, you can't follow it. Um, so for for the guys, I think that's kind of good. Like, yeah, it's too confusing and there's too many games. Just worry about Thursday night, you know, and, and not, you know, hey, if we lose, we're going to match up with this team. And so um, for them, I think it's good. You just and, and again, that's always sort of been uh, Coach McKay's theme is, is you know, the next game, go one and oh. And and I think that really is is kind of helping them at this point now. It's really um, all they can do, all they need to do. Is be, is be ready just to kind of take the court Thursday night, breathe in fire, and just, you know, really put it on somebody. And um, I just really hope we shoot well at home. We really should. Um, that's a thing. Like, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, the other night, uh, you know, Kyle has one point. You know, he's in foul trouble. And that, and that you know, that kind of throws you off. And you can never really get going. But you look back at all these games, there's kind of like one thing that kind of jumps out, you know. Uh, a couple of those nights, it's just been, you know, not good from three. Other nights, it's you know free throws that could have could have made the difference, and it's like just that one, and that, you know that's the goal. So it's like you got to play forty minutes, and so it's like we're still not quite playing a complete game, and yet look where we are. We're on the fringe of everything, so um, there's still room for improvement. But you know we start putting kind of like what we've seen in past years. Those games were just game after game. We're sort of you know doing it on both ends and. And uh, then I think, you know, talk about that momentum going into into March. I think that's, you know, still within within reach and we're working toward it. Add on there is this is also exciting for as a fan. I mean, I remember in, in most years at this point in the season, we're like, all right, we have to go six and one to finish the season, to, you know, and it's like to get this match up or to avoid this person right now. It's just like, all right. John just said we can win two, like lose two or three more games, and we're still kind of where we want to be. And 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 you know, so it's kind of like takes that pressure off too. Of like, all right, let's just come out and get the momentum going, play our best basketball. Not like, hey, let's not go have a slip up at Stetson, you know? Um, so, yeah, 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 and it, it it also just kind of piggyback off that, Chad. It's uh, you know, it's kind of freeing. I think for me as a fan, I hope it is for the for the guys as a team that you know in the A Sun, it felt like you know if you lost the game, you're thinking, oh man, how do we lose to Jacksonville or, or Stetson or whoever it was? Right. But but it's not that not the case in in Conference USA. Is I mean, these teams are you know legit good teams, and and you know losing to them, you know you don't you don't feel so bad. I mean, you don't you don't want to lose them, obviously, but uh, you know it, you don't feel like it was an upset or a bad loss. I mean. Uh, that that Louisiana Tech game on the road is now a quad one game after they've they've won a few games in a row. So that was a quad one. Them on Saturday night, you know, if they stay in the top seventy five, I think there were seventy in net uh, this morning. Uh, if they stay in the top top seventy five, that's a quad two game at home. So uh, it wasn't very frequent, if ever, that we had a quad one or even a quad two game in conference play, and and uh, we'll get a few. I think. Uh, you know, Western Kentucky is another one I think might be a quad two uh, when we played there. But but yeah, I mean, there, there's a few games like that on, on the schedule, and, and it's just different in, in Conference USA. 
you know, it's a lot, it's a lot more fun, a lot more freeing. You, you don't feel like just losing a game or two here and there is that big of a deal. And, and uh, it, it's fun. It's a fun conference to follow. You know, you win that one game, you go from being dead last in the standings to, you know, you're tied for fifth and, and uh, you're right there. Um, I have a question for you, Nick, unless you're ready to move on. I have a hard hitting question for you. I'm just we, here for the party, man. <laughs> hey, we ta- we've talked a lot about team camaraderie and we've seen it on the, in the stat sheet where it's like 26 out of 27 baskets were assisted on. That's unbelievable. Okay. My question to you and John and Naz is how much of that team camaraderie where they like each other, they enjoy being around each other. They do have that good culture. Um, how much in the win column, you know, how much there's no stat for that, but does it make a difference in the win column? When, when push comes to shove, tournament time maybe, or on you know, on road games, is there is there an element to hey this camaraderie gives us a better chance to win? I mean, I think football had the shirts that said culture wins, and we spend a lot of time on this show in particular talking about Kim Palm ratings and stats and and all that. Those are all uh, very valuable, and you can kind of you know. But my question to you is, is, should we have a stat that talks about, like, okay, if we're dead even with a team statistically, uh, is there that that leap that the culture can take? And is that is that something that's kind of overplayed right now in, in college basketball, or is that a legit thing? I mean, I think you do see – there's definitely something with um, teams that, that have, like, grown old together and that have played together long. Like there's quantified data that suggests that teams that have played longer – to have more success. So in that term, I think, I think the assist, I think we talk about that a lot. I think that that's a good indicator of, you know, how well a team plays together. I think something we haven't talked about, and I'm guilty of it too. It was something I really had gone under the radar until I noticed it a couple of days ago is Liberty's top 50 in turnover rate offensively. Um, and uh, that's really impressive for the level of competition that they're playing. And some of these teams, because like some of the teams that Liberty's been playing in CUSA, are really, really good at forcing turnovers. And remember, two years ago, that was the single biggest problem with that team. And for this team to, to be that good, that's one of the things that really encourages me the most. Because, like, the biggest problem right now on Liberty, if you're looking through the stats, on the offensive side is three-point percentage. And I don't believe for a second that's going to – like, they're 151st. There is no way this team's 151st in three-point percentage. So – that that getting back to it, I think that might play something with a camaraderie, and I think Zach Cleveland as well has a big part of that as well because he's a big body taking the ball up the floor. Pretty hard to steal the ball away from Zach Cleveland if he's you know focused and locked in, right? So I, I think he also kind of maybe goes hand in hand with that a little bit. John Naz camaraderie is it a boost in the win or win column? Well, I, I don't know if it translates to wins, but I'll tell you what it translates to is like what happens to a team after a loss. Yeah. And like you look at that game at New Mexico State, right? I mean, dude punches Silo in the face and it was a, you know, chippy game and it, go, it goes to overtime and you lose. I mean, stuff like that can, you know, guys can be like, we're out here in, you know, the middle of nowhere. It's like, other teams would have packed it in Saturday night. Like you would not have gotten the the guts and grit that you got Saturday night if you don't have a team that believes and loves each other. Like they're, they're, you turn around after that and uh, come back out and face a, a really strong team. Um, 
So it's it's like that in, in those tough moments, you know, when a team can, you know, not, you know, splinter in a locker room or not give effort because I don't like the guy or I really don't love the guy that that's in the locker room with me. I think that's where it shows up. Great point. Um, being able to respond after the through the tough times. And that's what you see with this team. Um, so, yeah. And then, um, Nick, you know, just your point on the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. Like, you know, FIU and the other night, UTEP, uh, two of the top in the nation at, at forcing turnovers and, and neither game, you know, it bothered us. Um, which I've always sort of, again, the style of, of our bigs being able to help break a press and bring the ball up and get into offense is, is really big. Um, so, so yeah, the, again, you look, you kind of look at what it might take and um, you know, all the pieces are there and I'm with you, Nick, like the shooting's going to come around. It, it just is. And, and um, again, I think that's, you know, kind of what we saw, like, you know, helped us in those, those two home games. And I really, I really do fully expect to see it Thursday night. Yeah, no, Naz, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying there. That was a really good point you made about, you know, you really see that team camaraderie and, and love for, for one another after the, uh, the losses and, and talking about packing in like, I, yeah, Saturday night. If you, you go, it brought me back when you were talking about it to to the second half in that game. And and again, put yourself back to to where Liberty was coming off two straight losses on the road. What all that transpired in the New Mexico State game. Uh, you know, Liberty was what zero and four at the time, I think, in, in conference play on the road, and uh, really struggling, really struggling to find themselves. And then you know they lost the lead in the second half to to New Mexico State. Well, they were leading a lot of the way in, against UTEP, and UTEP made a run there in the second half and sure. and went up, you know, what five six points there, you know, with like six minutes left, and uh, that would have been an easy place for Liberty just to to pack it in and and be like, well, you know, it's just not our night again. We'll, we'll try to get it back on on Thursday when we're back in Liberty Arena, but that's not what happened. Liberty responded with I think like a seven zero run to take the lead and didn't look back from there and, and were able to pick up that win. So uh, that 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 shows a lot about about this team and and just their resolve their their uh you know will to win their their lack of of you know just you know packing it in or or uh you know just that tough mental makeup that they have and that's really what coach McKay has kind of instilled in these guys uh as as a program leader yeah I mean I mean those games you know have all the feel and makings of of you know that's what you're going to see in the tournament like it's like every possession and, and, you know, you, you just can't let somebody get six, eight points ahead of you. Like you got to reel them back in and it's, and, and win, win or lose. And we've been on both sides of it. Like guys are banking those experiences. And, um, you know, we've seen a couple early, you know, maybe we were a little frantic, you know, late in a possession or late game, you know, that's gotten better. And, and, you know, like you just have to go through some of that and, you know, you hope you're on the winning side, but even if not, you know, those experience, you can see guys um, understanding it more, feeling more comfortable in, in those games where like every possession goes back and forth. And, and um, again, you turn on the TV to other, other games, you guys do like I do. And Saturday you're watching, I mean, they're all, all the great ones are like that. Uh, just you, the crowd is into it and you just feel like, you know, you just need a stop or a score and, and every game feels like a tournament game. It's great. It's 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 where you want to be, and um, I think the guys are learning through that and and getting better each time. 
Naz, I want to ask you real quick. We got one one last section I want to go through and really appreciate your time, Naz, as always. You're, you're no, the best. Oh, fun. Um, it, it felt like in recent years, Liberty has – it doesn't feel like it. They didn't play a lot of close games in conference play. And it, I don't – it almost felt like maybe it hurt them a little bit, like that, that, that Bellarmine game, I go back to that. And I don't know about the Kennesaw game. I don't know if that just happened. But I feel like maybe playing all these close games is going to make them a little bit more comfortable in a tournament where you're bound to play close games, even a lot of times when you're a heavy favorite. And I don't think Liberty's necessarily going to be a heavy favorite this time around. But do you feel like it hurt them in the past, like playing one or two close games in conference play almost all year? It certainly, it certainly gave me, you know, cause for concern. Um, and again, you know, I, I think most of those we came out ahead, um, you know, and I don't think, I don't think the Kennesaw State was because of lack of being in a tough game. You know, we saw that go down to the wire, and and uh, we all know how we feel about that. But, um, you know, I, but I, but I, but there is something to that of like going through it, and um, I, I agree. Like, I, I think it's. It's um, it is something, you know, you, you hear that with with guys playoffs and other sports, you know, the, the, the veterans, you know, uh, talk to the younger players about until you experience it and, and try to get the guys ready because it is different. Um, how the game's played, how the game is refereed, um, being able to keep your your head when, you know, they're letting it be more physical and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was a, a thing where, um, you know, Maybe it was competition level. Maybe it was uh, Darius McGee, <laughs> but but like we sort of had the answer, and and now I, it's not quite as easy. There's not as much margin there. So I think games like this that are oh, you know, we've had a couple overtime games already in conference, um, and some close ones, and and a couple others where we where we really felt kind of in command. So they're seeing a whole kind of smattering of of how different games can go, and and you bank all those experiences away and. And um, yeah, just, I mean, guys are guys are growing up, and I and I think they're they're doing well. Not just players, I think the coaches too have more confidence in the plays they're calling and things like that. I remember when things got uh, tight in Kennesaw uh, last year. It was you know we all everybody in the gym knew where the ball was going, and uh, I think that with this year's team, we've had the opportunity to try a few different things. Some of them work. Some of them we got a good look and just didn't make it. Some of them we didn't get a good look. So we'll probably scratch that one next time we get into a close game. So not only do the players bank that away, but these coaches, I mean, Coach McKay in the end and Coach DJ are going to be more confident in their end of game play calls. Like, hey, in this moment, we know we can get an open shot for X in the corner if we run this play and uh, they will have real game experience. So yeah, certainly, certainly uh, goes all the way around and gives gives them more confidence. Not just like, hey, we have to we have to go ISO here with with Darius because you know that's that's our, our go to. So I think it gives uh, the coaches more confidence too. The other thing is uh, going into the conference tournament here in uh, what another month or so. Uh, it's going to be a really different different feel for Liberty this year. I mean, uh, what was it? The last probably three seasons, maybe even more than that, going back you know, four seasons probably now that Liberty was the heavy favorite 
in the conference tournament. Maybe Kennesaw last year, maybe maybe not as much, but uh, Liberty was a heavy favorite. And, and I can remember being in some of those games, and you know, it might be a tied game at half or up by two or whatever. And you're thinking, oh man, you know, you here you are in the quarterfinals against the eight seed. And you're thinking, man, we can't possibly lose this one. And you know, you really kind of felt like you were playing not to lose rather than going out playing to win where this year is going to be completely different. You know, nobody, you know, I'm sure there will be people that pick Liberty to win the tournament, but they're not going to be the overwhelming favorite to win the tournament. Louisiana tech will be, it'll be on a neutral floor. You won't have to be playing at home and you can get tight in those games. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you, you look up and, and know you're a 15 point favorite or whatever it is in the quarterfinal round against, you know, Jacksonville or whoever it is. And, you know that, could, and then it's a two-point game at halftime. That can play into your psyche, but it's not going to be like that in, in this conference tournament, regardless of who you're playing, whether regardless of what your seed is. Uh, we've seen how this conference has played out throughout the the course of the first half of the season. I'm sure the second half will be much the same. As especially when you're on a neutral floor, you, you can throw the seeds out. It doesn't really matter what seed you are. It's it's uh, going to be a, a nail biter all the way to the end, and and it'll be a really different feeling as a Liberty fan. And I'm sure the players and coaches will be different for them too. Great point. All right, let's uh, run through kind of the the rest of the schedule. Take a quick look at the the conference uh, USA tournament, and then we'll wrap it up for the night. So obviously, we talked about Middle Tennessee and then Louisiana Tech. Um, one one quick note on on the Louisiana Tech game. Got this from my guy Bill Smith earlier today. Liberty SID uh, had reached out to him about tiebreakers. One thing that is is important about this Louisiana Tech game, and hopefully, I don't butcher this because it's very complicated. But the tiebreakers are your traditional head-to-head is your first tiebreaker, okay? And even if you're in a three-way tiebreaker, it's your record against each of those two teams. The next tiebreaker is your record against the number one team in the conference, and then it works its way down if it's tied. So we all expect Louisiana Tech to be the top dog in the conference at the end of the year. So if Liberty knocks off Louisiana Tech, they would be one of the few teams to have a win over Louisiana Tech, hence probably going to win a lot of tiebreakers so just an added layer into that game but looking at the rest of the schedule I think it stands out five home games three road games John's you know said it a million times about how the disparity home and road in in this conference has been insanity Uh, and then you look at the road games now we might feel differently if things don't go great on Thursday night but you look at the, the road games and two of the road games are against two of the worst teams in the conference by any metric you look at NFIU and middle Tennessee. Now, obviously you have to take care of business. You have to win, but the schedule, I don't think enough people maybe realize how favorable, at least on paper, this schedule is for Liberty down the stretch to, uh, you know, move themselves up in the conference. And more importantly, in my opinion, build some momentum going to the tournament, some confidence. Love it. Yeah, it's momentum. I mean, it's momentum, but it is favorable. On paper, it's favorable. Like you said, you got to take care of business. But just looking at this, I mean, even you get Louisiana Tech, the hardest game there on remaining is 48% chance to win, according to Kim Palm. That's at home. Uh, so, and then and then you got Sam Houston on the road, a team we've already beat. So that's, that's the one that stands out to me as, as a tough one. But yeah, very favorable. Got to take care of business. But I think we can really get some momentum headed into the tournament with these remaining however many games, eight games. It is interesting how the schedule kind of broke down, and it felt like it going through it. But then when I look at the next two games, I'm like, 
man, well, those are tough too. And, <laughs> and, but then, you know, when you kind of step back and say, okay, we've played the first eight games, we got eight more to go. It's like, man, we went through the gauntlet the first eight games in, in the conference play. And not that the next eight are going to be easy. They're not. I mean, it starts with middle on Thursday. We could easily lose that game. They could easily beat us, right? But uh, it does feel like, yeah, you got five of the eight at home and and uh, your road games are not against Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, you know, uh, some of the top teams in the league. So it does seem more favorable. But, again, that's, that's all on paper. And we know, uh, you know, six or seven or maybe all eight of these games are going to come down to, to the final few minutes of the game. And, and you got to make plays, you got to make shots. And uh, that's what it comes down to most nights. I don't think we're going seven and one. Sorry, Ken Palm. And, and <laughs> if we do, that would, that would be amazing. That, but that's hold, on, hold on. Hold on. They're not, they're he, does, he doesn't predict that he's technically predicting that we would be what uh, six, six and, and two. six, six, and, two. Two. six yeah. and two. Just, just because they're predicting wins doesn't mean that's the, the record because well, the way Ken Palm's projecting it is they're going to lose one of those other games that they're projected to win because we we talked about going into this. Me and John and Will talked about Liberty was favored in all three of the games on the road on this road trip, but they were not favored to go three and zero. Oh. Now they ended up going one and two, but they were supposed to go two and one because it was like a sixty percent chance, a sixty percent chance, and a sixty percent chance. And if you have three sixty percent chances, that's not three wins. You're going to lose one of those. That yeah. really, I'm I'm really going 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 too far down down the yeah. You're going deep into the numbers. <laughs> That's good. Um, Even six and two, I would take it. Thank you, Ken Palm. Yeah, I, I was just looking at that, and um, you know, when they when they when they talk about uh, the NCAA tournament, and everybody starts making their brackets. You know, they always talk about who's playing well, and they look at you know kind of their last three games, and so I, I kind of looked at our last three there when you had them up there, and I and I kind of like that. So like, whatever happens the next couple of weeks, like. You feel like, are you want to be playing well going into the Conference USA tournament? And so we got two at home, and the away game is going to middle, who right now is sort of at the at the bottom of the league. And, you know, it's UTEP and Western. So it's like, I kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, we want to be playing well and win and all that. But I, I think that those last three set us up for, hey, whatever happens, we could probably build some momentum and feel like we're going into the conference USA tournament, um, you know, with, with, with a real, some good momentum and, and a real shot. All right. Last thing, the conference USA tournament, speaking of it. So you want real blind optimism here. All right. So Naz said earlier, the, really the most important thing, and Naz is spot on on this. The most important thing is don't get in the eight, nine matchup. Really anywhere else you're, you're okay. Now, obviously I would really strongly not like to be in the four and five. I'd love to be on the complete <laughs> other side of Louisiana tech. But avoiding that eight nine game is really the most important thing. Where does Ken Prom project FIU in middle right now? They only project them to get to five wins. So if Liberty gets to seven wins, which is four and four, that's two wins better than the last two teams are projected. Pretty much at that point, you go four and four, you're a lock at avoiding that. Realistically, you could even go three and five and avoid that. So that's why I, I really, you know, what happens in the games and how Liberty's progressing is, in my opinion, going to be more important than the wins and losses. And, and I know that might be a loser mentality to some people, but it's it's really the truth, in my opinion, because the only thing that matters is how you play in these three games in the tournament. Um, Naz, what's your thoughts on if you're like the five seed going to the last week and you're like, man, we kind of should lose this game to fall to the six? Is that like such a weird spot to be in? 
Uh, no, um, you know, it's like, right. You can look at all this stuff and, and, um, you know, try to think where you might be the best, but like, I was just talking about it. So like, you know, they're going to honor the 94 team. We go into the 94 big South tournament as the, as the four seed. And we, you know, we, we, we had to play the five, which was Charleston Southern really tough game. I mean, the four or five, you just sort of never know it's so close. And then we had to play Towson State in the semis. They were the number one team. We had never beaten Towson State before in the history of the program. So it's like, I'm telling you, you get to tournament time and you can look at numbers, but you guys remember, I mean, last year, it's like the that semi-final game is like, and the, and the court, like every, every game is, is tough. And, you know, you got new life and the number one seed can get tight. And so, yeah, you know, it, it'll be fun to see how it plays out. But, um, dude, you know. yeah, we're one and oh against Louisiana Tech. We are oh and two against Jacksonville State. I'm, I'm with Jacob Webb in the comments. I would rather avoid Jacksonville State at this point because <laughs> we, we've proven that we can beat Louisiana Tech. We have not beat Chad, Jacksonville. Chad, we, we lost the Louisiana Tech game. He must have missed that one. It, it was, was it was yeah. close. It was a, it, it was went to overtime. Yeah. On oh, the road. Okay. Chad counts overtime as wins. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I wish yeah. it did I, in the I in the win loss column, right? Yeah. But I'm still avoiding Jacksonville State. Those the projections and see, but uh, when you when you get there, we know it'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather not play Jacksonville State, but I I think you know, being like Nick said, I'm with him. I want to be on the opposite side of the bracket of Louisiana Tech. I mean, it. it Again, I think we could beat anybody and lose to just about anybody in the league as well, too. They're so close together. But Louisiana Tech has consistently proven throughout the, the entire conference season, really throughout the entire season, that they're the best team in Conference USA. And I just don't want to, you know, be, let's play them in the championship game if we both make it that far and, and let a Western beat them in the semifinals or something like that. <laughs> I am uh, really looking forward to a neutral site tournament. I know it's not great for the regular season, and 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 you know it takes a lot of the a lot of the reward away from winning a regular season, this, that, and the other. But as a fan, going to a neutral site where the women and men are playing at the same time, watching four games a day starting March 13th all the way through March 15th, should be four games a day. I mean, actually. Yeah, four yeah. games a day for three days straight, and I cannot wait for that. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun as a fan, and just a, should be a great tournament. I mean, we talk about the parity in this league, and and literally any team could win on any night. And and uh, you know, you, Naz, you're talking about four or five seed. It, it's a it's a toss up. Man, the two seven seed in this tournament is going to be a toss up. I mean, Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. Like we just said, we don't want to play Jacksonville State. So uh, you, you know, it's it's really anybody could win any game. And and you know, there's six teams probably in this league that that I wouldn't be shocked if they're cutting down the nets on uh, on that Saturday night. Yeah, I Louisiana Tech's a team to avoid at all costs. Uh, I mean, this is a team that is. Uh, uh, where are they at? I just lost it. 66th in Ken Palm. They are 34th in the country in defensive efficiency. So they're approaching like almost that Lipscomb 2019 level. Like they're that good. They're the only team that I feel like if Liberty plays really well, they could still beat Liberty. Liberty plays really well. I think they're going to beat any of these other teams. I, even Jack even Jack State. Um, so that that's why to me, 
you know, I, I, I say avoid them at all costs, but it'll be fun. This is going to really fluctuate week to week. So we'll keep track of it. Um, but yeah, any, any final thoughts, fellas? A lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun to talk Liberty basketball. Thanks, Nick, for doing this all season. You've been killing it. Thanks, Naz, for for uh, coming on and, and John for jumping in. Uh, I, I miss uh, talking this stuff, but I've loved watching and keeping up. So appreciate all you're doing, Nick. Thank you. John, any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. If you're in the Lynchburg area, come on out and, and support the guys. There's only, uh, like Chad said earlier, five uh, home games left on the season. You don't have any uh, conference tournament games to, to uh, you know, save your your uh, night out for. So come on out and watch them. Should be some good basketball uh, Thursday night and, and Saturday night as well against the uh, current number one team in in the conference. Should be a lot of fun. And and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully, you know, uh, w- when you lose, it's always tough. But hopefully, the guy, you know, the fans can stay behind this team and and uh, y- you know losing a game here and there it's not the end of the world uh it all comes down to to those three games in march which you know hopefully we get three games but it'll be a lot of fun and and uh it starts thursday night naz any final thoughts from you yeah i mean just a a thank you again to you guys for the invite uh anytime i'm happy to come on with you guys i mean and, and all you guys you know work hard um for for liberty basketball you know and 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 we're happy to do it um, I mean, you guys take time out of your lives and do the do the the podcast and and, and articles and and um, you know I, I guess I would just echo the sentiment like it, it's it's not easy but it's it's we're in this position because of the success of the program and we're moving up and it's it's a little uncomfortable and there's some growing pains but man Flames Nation just just stay with the guys they 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 need it they need a packed house they they don't need to be reading. <laughs> ridiculous tweets and we'll just we'll just leave it at that you know it's like uh just just stay with them i mean they're 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 kids that are working their tails off um outside of school the hours they're putting in they're working they're working so hard and um they you know they want it as much they want it more they want it more than we do and so we got to just keep that in perspective and, and support them all the way through yeah and, and i know you said final thoughts nick but what six more points in in, in opportune times, uh, and we're sitting here at six and two right now. So uh, we could have gotten that WKU game, then obviously two games went to overtime. So they're right there. Uh, so so let's uh, stay right there with them throughout the uh, stretch run. Yeah, and we've talked about it all episode long, but they're easy to do that for. They're e- they're easy guys sure. to root for. They're yeah. they're fun guys to be like when we're losing. You know, imagine if this team wasn't easy to pull for in terms of like guys that we liked and cared like off out off the court. So uh, it makes it that much easier. Better to lose close games in January and February than, uh, than in March. I'll leave it at that. Naz, you're the best. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, love all the work you do. Can't wait to, uh, to hear you on the call on, on Thursday night. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, like this on YouTube, subscribe to a sea of red. They're so close to a thousand. That's like huge milestone on YouTube. So subscribe to a sea of red. Read all John's articles at CRED.com and then a five-star review on the podcast if you're listening there. Uh, Have a great night, everyone. Go Flames.